Welcome to the 21st episode of the Chaplain's Assistance Motor Pod. I am your host, Gary, and this is the bi-weekly, most of the time, podcast where I talk about my world of G.I. Joe, what I'm going through, what I'm excited about, current events that I feel like talking about, and I close out each episode taking a look at one vehicle that just caught my attention and review it. With all of that out of the way, this past week, or past two weeks, I've been moving, slowly moving stuff out of storage. Doing that a little bit to save money. Inflation's on the rise. The dollar doesn't go as far as it is. And of course, as much as all that's going on, my storage costs are going up. So I'm still trying to get out. I made one trip this past week. I just got everything settled in to my basement right now. And I got about two more trips to go. And I think about half of the third trip is going to be just donating old stuff to Goodwill. And then all I'll have at home is basically all my Geojos will be back here. I got some other toys like Legos and die casts that are over there. And then finally, I got some art pieces that need to be here at home and not in storage. And then there's just some random stuff that I'm, I couldn't be bothered to go with. I haven't looked at it in a couple years, so it's probably just time to go. Also, it is the Lenten season. And... Uh, I observed Lent, and this year I did give up buying new or new-to-me G.I. Joe product. I don't think there's any new O-Ring Hasbro Pulse coming out in the next, oh, 30-something days uh, before Easter. So I feel pretty confident that I'm not going to pull the trigger on anything new. Uh, of course, I do have some pre-orders out there. Those will obviously be honored. And... That's kind of weird. You know, I'm not getting any new G.I. Joe toys. However, the one thing I am looking forward to in the near future is finally getting the role-playing game by Renegade Studios. Order of Battle Pod uh, shared earlier that he, uh, Jason over there, has gotten the the rule book from his pre-order. And he's shared a couple pictures. They're absolutely... Um, it looks really on brand. It looks really cool. I did get the trading card deck building game, and I haven't really cracked it open. I just haven't had the impetus to. I've opened it up and, you know, given a, a look through, but I haven't read the rule book. I mean, I used to be a trading card game guy. Uh, you know, in high school, played Magic the Gathering quite a bit. But just, you know, it's just one of those things. You just have to have the, the time to play, and, and I still don't see it as like a one-player game, even though that's what they call it. And seeing as how uh, my family really doesn't share an interest in G.I. Joe, it's kind of hard to get them to play the game along with me. Also, my son is just turning, is going to be turning seven in a couple months, so it's a, he's a little too young for the rule-based system on that. They are announcing the expansion pack, the Serpenter expansion pack, which looks really cool. Over the past year, I've gotten a newfound appreciation for Serpentor in his legacy with the, a real American hero. And it's actually cool to have a bigger bad than Cobra Commander. That gives the line a little more depth. 
you know, I'm looking forward to that, even though I haven't played the game yet. But I'm more more looking forward to the role-playing game. I'm not interested, really, in the miniatures game. I think the miniatures game is kind of redundant when the toy company that it's being licensed literally produces the miniatures. But the role-playing game from the first glimpse, the first uh, sneak peek that I saw, looks like the feel is in the correct direction for something that uh, will appeal to somebody like me, a hardcore G.I. Joe guy, but also has something there that may attract new players. So, you know, enthusiasm is contagious. It is a better way to get people excited for something, to be happy for something. Absolutely can't wait to pick up a copy of that. So that's really the only thing I'm looking forward to right now is that role-playing game. Obviously, I'm not picking up any new figures or new figures to me. I did, you know, scroll through Mercari a couple times and, you know, saw a couple steals that people have gotten. Biggest one was a 20-figure lot for $30, and I had a, a Rumbler with helmet, and I was like, wow, that was a steal of a deal. It is what it is. It's, you know, I, I could be happy for somebody else getting that deal. Other than that, in general, getting room and uh, making my setup a little bit better. The hardest part about once you have a setup is making sure it stays neat and tidy. It's funny how remembering my parents to tell me to pick up your toys has a different meaning now. Because now everything's neat, everything's organized, and you take it out and you play with it. It's fun. But now it's like, oh, it's just such a chore to put it away again. Because when you have it neat and organized, because it's easy to get to make it easy for you to find or easy for me to find, it's just a pain in the butt to put it back in that same organization. Because it's like, oh, I just want to throw it in a bin and mix match all the weapons. Because of course I'll remember them. But when I was 14, 15 doing this, I only had about 35 figures. Now I have over two, three several hundred so that's what it is if you follow me on the YouTubes I did a opening of 1993 bazooka to go with my Raider review from last episode because my all my 1993 bazookas were mint on card it's the only figure I have never purchased used I've only purchased it new three times and you know, if you head on over to the uh, YouTube link in the description below, you can watch it. It's a quick little 10-minute video of me, you know, just talking about Gone Fish and Bazooka, who I loved as a kid. Spoiler alert. And it might have come out in that little opening video. And on that note, I have another figure. I am working on the video for that. And then I got another video after that. Uh, I've just started doing uh, a quick little script on. So um, I'm having a little fun doing a little something different with the YouTube. Not so worried about just taking pictures and throwing it up with a podcast because I'm tired of copyright strikes. And I think a quick video on YouTube without background music is a little bit easier for me at this point. So with this episode, I'm trying to keep it quick and simple and easy just to say I'm still in the groove uh, keeping busy with, you know, work and home life and just everything else just being a little hectic. And 
this episode, I'm going to talk about probably the first non-G.I. Joe or non-Cobra vehicle. It is an Iron Grenadier vehicle. Destro's Iron Grenadiers. It's from 1988. It is the anti-gravity pod, the AGP, with its pilot, the Nullifier. Before I begin the full review of this vehicle and its pilot, I want to make mention of the fact that most of the what you're about to hear is going to be a little bit of a crib notes version from Three and Three Quarter Joe, Volume Six by Dan Klingensmith, and it's a these books are a really good resource. He's about to launch the eighth book, and I can't stress how awesome these are, especially if you like to learn what went into these toys before they went into sh- onto the shelves. What draws me to this hobby is the fact that there, there's, some, there's a manufacturing process involved and that these grown men were engineering toys and playthings for children that I grew up and loved. So absolutely seeing their thought process and their inspiration behind it it really excites me, and it is fascinating for me. These books are a valuable resource, and with an eighth volume coming up, I'm totally backing that Kickstarter as soon as it comes out. And now it's known as Creating G.I. Joe, and that's because he's finally licensed by Hasbro to produce these books, and that started with Volume 7. With that out of the way, we'll start off with the Nullifier, the pilot of the AGP. It has been known in through various sources that I've found. Allegedly, it was designed as a follow-up to the 1987 Cobra Law set. So the Nullifier wasn't originally part of Destro's Iron Grenadiers. He just ended up there. You can kind of see that. And in the description in the book, it does mention the Nullifier has an exoskeleton, similar to that of Coral. And... Something a description like that would definitely lend credence to the Cobra Loss lineage. However, it's not mentioned in the book, and I would expect that if it was totally 100% confirmed, it would be in that book. Now, the Nullifier was designed by Mark Pennington. It shows a really nice color mock-up. The final presentation shows a little more purple paint on the figure than what ended up actually on the figure. Now, in the final presentation artwork, there's a little pouch over the left shoulder that's painted purple to match the rest of the purple accents. We've got purple stripes in an insignia on the shoulders where there's armor on the shoulder armor. And then also the inscription over the left breast is filled with purple paint. Now, the rest of the purple accents mirror that of the the figure the artwork also shows some black accents as well now i hate saying it or i don't hate saying it in my opinion this presentation painting makes the nullifier actually look kind of badass and it has some black x accents as well most notably the thigh pads which one would get painted on the left side and the the right side has the thigh pad but it's obscured by the pistol holster which is also painted black the boots are also painted black and i have to admit that i would totally if i was an awesome customizer if i was more comfortable customizing i would probably take an extra nullifier and paint it as the presentation 
presentation also shows a pistol in hand, which is now molded on the right thigh. And that pistol looks very familiar to me. I just can't place it right now. The only accessory for the nullifier is the visor or face mask that flips down over the helmet. In two-tone in the presentation artwork is molded in pink plastic. So with the comparison to the artwork out of the way, just talk about the figure. So the figure is of typical construction of figures from 1988 with the ball neck torso. He's pretty much molded in that beige and then with purple accents on the wrists for hoses, you know, on the hips for like a hip guard or hip shields, which kind of look out of place. And then little accents on the boots, on the fronts of the boots, on the shin guards. The visor is molded in all purple and the visor is easily missing. I've had several nullifiers. I only have one that's complete with the visor. The eyes are painted. The eyebrows are painted. It does look nice with the visors up. And when the visor's down, it, I don't know, it does definitely does look a little bit alien. The visor I have doesn't sit square on the head. I've tried it on multiple heads, but I've also noticed that on the helmets, the two pegs it snaps onto aren't always the same length. So if I wanted to file one down to get it to sit straight, it probably would work. However, I'm not about to do that. The waist piece has some banding across like to tighten it up rather than like a zipper fly or a button fly. It looks a little out of place because this guy's supposed to be a highly advanced pilot for the AGP. And he definitely does stand out as weird. He also has some nice texture across his belly, looking like he's taken some shots or, you know, just general wear um, that the armor's been doing its job for him. So he does look like he's a experienced pilot in Destro's Iron Grenadiers. So the other thing is, because he is a gr Iron Grenadier, he doesn't share really much in the way of the Iron Grenadier motif, which is, in 1988, a lot of black, red, and gold. You don't have much black. There's no red unless you count purple as red. And, you know, with the primary color being beige, he just doesn't fit in. However, like I said earlier, with cosmetic touch-ups, especially from the customizing group, he can stand out. If somebody said he was a Cobra figure, absolutely, I buy it, cool. He fits in with the Freaks from 1987. But as a 1988 figure, especially as a 1988 Iron Grenadier figure, a little out of left field. Now we're going to move on to the AGP. I had to take a quick break from recording because I noticed my AGP wasn't assembled correctly. So because of that, the first thing I'm going to point out with the AGP is that its lower wings are still made of a rubbery plastic, so they don't fit the same as the rest of the plastic snapped together on the AGP. And because of that, they've kind of warped or moved with age. And this was, it looks like this was never assembled correctly. <laughs> so I just spent about 10 minutes futzing with it, realizing that 
at the end of the day, I'm probably going to have to bring it upstairs, let it warm up a little more, and then play around with it to get it to snap together and get some better pictures of it. And that is how I start the review for the AGP. The AGP was designed by Guy Cassidy. He got the inspiration from Boba Fett's Slave One in Empire Strikes Back when Boba Fett's floating around in the debris field. Now, the other thing that I can see as inspiration is Boba Fett's ship flies essentially to our eye or to our perception of physics flies vertically rather than horizontally because we're used to like jets being long, not tall because aerodynamics. However, in space, aerodynamics are not a concern. Now, one thing is that the AGP isn't really marketed as a orbital or space vehicle. It's part of Destro's Iron, Grenier, Iron Grenadiers. It's more of a earthbound flying type object. And as such, it's, it's a small vehicle. It's about the size of, I don't know, a locust. And whereas the locust does have, you know, a rotor, rotor blades, this has jet turbines. Now, jet turbines are not anti-grav. Um, it's, you know, a means of propulsion using physics. And it could be anti-grav because it is destro and they are rectangular rather than circular. And I can guess by that. However, part of the AGP's design is that those engine pods rotate 90 degrees. If you face them straight up and down, they can provide thrust for lift. So you kind of have that VTOL thing going on like a hurricane or a rattler. And then it, you know, they switch to horizontal and it can fly across the horizon. This is where G.I. Joe gets a little sci-fi. I'm, my hard part, hard part of selling toys to me, especially at this advanced age, is melding the laws of physics to the toy, especially on a military-based toy line. You have Destro's Dominator that same year being a tank and a helicopter. While that is as improbable as it gets because tanks are very heavy and, you know, it has swept helicopter blades, it is more grounded in reality. There is more things that we have experienced with that makes it a cool toy, that makes it seem like it fits in to this world we live in. The AGP doesn't have that, at least for me. Also molded in red, we have the tail rudder, which is located at the top near the rear of the vehicle. And also molded in red is the cockpit. So the cockpit has 
two levers on each side of the seat. The figure seat sits rather upright, as to be expected from the design of the AGP. And there is a sticker for the console for it to, for the pilot, like the nullifier, to look at. That is a nice touch. I do like seeing detail that puts the character in control of the vehicle. I like the fact that there are two hand knobs on each side. I would always prefer a center joystick like what we see in a real aircraft. However, I understand the limitations of a toy and fragility and that these are designed for, you know, kids aged five and up. You have a little, I'm not sure if it's pneumatic thing off to the right of the pilot. You know, it's a little cylinder. And off to the left of the pilot, you have a little, looks like a little button, a little rectangular detail, maybe a warning light. And then above his head, you got a couple small details. But the small details make the cockpit. And that's really about it for the cockpit. Not much, but enough to not make it boring. Now, the plastic body is all smooth with very small details for like, you know, you have seam lines that don't have rivets on each side, which looks modern. It does have a couple panels with exposed like little rivet heads or screw heads. It's nice that they're there, but they don't really need to be there. And the rubberized wings have two stanchions on each side for the golden missiles. And the missiles are very reminiscent of earlier G.I. Joe vehicles like the Sidewinder missiles, like on the Sky Striker. So those look real enough. And in the front of the AGP are two golden guns on swivels that allow the gun to swivel up and down, which would also imply that this AGP can turn on a dime like a helicopter. I think it would be cooler if the guns were a little below on a swivel, so they could not only go up and down, but they could also swivel from left to right. I think that would make it more realistic, but heck, this is essentially a spaceship in 1988 being piloted by a guy with an exoskeleton. So maybe I shouldn't be taking this thing nearly as seriously as this review is trying to be at this moment. So with that out of the way, the only figures, you know, I do see piloting this besides the nullifier would be like a Targat or something equally futuristic, something from Star Brigade, which would be later on in the line. But fitting in with the rest of the 1988 line, this doesn't for me. If I was to propose a foil for it, I would propose that the 1990 G.I. Joe Locust would be the closest thing to a counterpart for the AGP and that's really about that's really about it for this vehicle before I get into the rating of this I, I'm just going to say I have one of these I have one complete nullifier and there's nothing about this that makes me scream I need an army of these for a picture or a or playtime or or anything. 
in as such is I'm not worried about getting a second one at, at all. I'm not going to hunt one down. If some if one shows up for a couple bucks, okay, you know, if it shows up in Goodwill for three bucks, I'll buy it. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna be I'm not even gonna admit to being able to turn away a cheap Joe toy. But it would have to be pretty cheap for me to get it. How would I rate this toy with driver out of five hard to find face masks? And this is to me a one and a half face mask toy. Um, for all the reasons stated earlier, the nullifier is just, you know, hard enough to get on his own. It, it's just, and that's where it's at. It's a one and a half. I have one. I'm not looking for a second one. Not really uh, excited about this. I know for somebody out there, this is, this might be their favorite Iron Grenadier vehicle. I'm sorry. It's just not mine. I have one. I'm experiencing it. I, I, that's, that's about all the positivity I can, I can get out of this at the moment. I'm sure in a different mindset, a couple months from now, maybe I'll have the, the urge, but I would rather have the Cobra Invader from the Star Brigade line attacking a whole bunch of G.I. Joe vehicles rather than this AGP. Maybe the AGP needs to be in space. I don't know. But that's where I'm at. It's simple. It's to the point. I just don't see myself having a ton of fun with it. Well, with that kind of depressing review, because I like to always stay upbeat, out of the way, that concludes this episode of the Chaplain's Distance Motor Pod. I have been your host, Gary, and you can find the podcast on social media at Chaplain Joe Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also look for the Chaplain's Assistance Motor Pod on YouTube, where I'll be posting more strange adventures in my toy collecting, especially as I don't have anything new coming in. And the lawyers at Extensive Enterprises would like to remind you that the Chaplain Assistance Motor Pod is a member of the PintOComics.com broadcasting family. And also that Pint of Comics is on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepint where you can get all sorts of bonus pop culture reviews in addition to the podcast and radio show. Now that that's all said and done, just one last missile for the masses. Be decent to each other. See ya. I'm going to pull it out of the baggie now because I keep my action figures in baggies.